The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, welcome today as we jump into a brand new series called Happy Trails. And I'm going to talk a little more about what that means here momentarily. If you got a Bible or you got a smartphone with a Bible app, you can turn to Psalm 120. That's where we're going to land. I also encourage you to be a note taker. So in the seat in front of you, there's some sheets of paper. You can use those. A lot of life group individuals use them for discussion, just for conversation pieces. But anybody's welcome to use those. And I encourage that, especially today as we do an intro to this series and, and talk about um, kind of an outline of how this is going to go. So be a note taker. Encourage that. Um, I've shared pretty openly that I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I, I grew up in Marysville, uh, up in the, the north part of Marysville, and, and um, my music selection really wasn't all that great. I remember in, in sixth, seventh grade, um, I used to listen to, um, I guess, heavy rock or metal. Uh, my favorite was Motley Crue, uh, Guns N' Roses, stuff like that. And, and um, so I kind of had that going on. And then for some reason in like eighth grade, ninth grade, um, I, I changed to rap and the kind of rap that I really couldn't quote in here because uh, the lyrics aren't so, so savory, um, which I'm sure that whole kind of picture makes me, you know, a, a study in, in understanding a hardcore thug or, um, you know, when you grow up in the mean streets in North Marysville, you just kind of learn a lot. So a lot, a lot of street cred up here right now. Thought you should know that, but, uh, Anyway, I'm sure many of you can identify, you know, maybe different music selections. And I'd just be curious, like, how many of you guys would go, yeah, I like to listen to rock, you know, like hard rock, whatever, okay? Some hands. How about, like, um, oldies? Anybody say, I like the oldies? All right, some hands. How many of you guys, how many of you guys like rap? Raise your hand. Dig, dig rap. Okay, some. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, pop or R&B. Anybody in here? Okay. Uh, how, about, how about just this genre all by itself? T-Swizzle, Taylor Swift, just by a raise of hands. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, okay? Anyway, um, how, about, um, uh, how about country? Raise your hand, you like country, okay? Quite a few hands on country. By the way, there's a great joke about country music you've probably heard, but what happens when you play country music backwards, okay? You get your house back, you get your truck back, you get your dog back, you get your wife back. So anyway, just, just something, just a little nugget for you to go home and share with other people. So, um, but, but, okay, after... So I, I gave my life to Christ as a junior. I was attending Marysville Pilchuck High School. I gave my life to Christ, and I, I really understood pretty quickly the need to listen to what I would title uh, truth-filled music. So it was worship, but it was also just songs, uh, you know, I guess like Christ-centered songs. But um, I, I really started pretty heavily listening to Christian music, and, and, and especially worship. One of my favorites, I had a, a tape of, a couple of tapes of Keith Green, the ministry years, and, and loved, listen, still do today, listening to Keith Green. I I remember um, worship stuff I would have. I had tapes, and then, of course, it became CDs there as a transition was made for all of us. But um, Vineyard Worship, and some of you guys might remember things like Winds of Worship. Um, I remember how I had Winds of Worship 1, 2. I still have, like, Winds 5, Winds 7, uh, Winds of Worship. Loved those. And, and I guess um, more, more modern, kind of today, I listen to a lot of Bethel Worship um, elevation worship. Uh, I listen to, uh, Hillsong. Hillsong's one of my favorites and they've been in town, a couple of big concerts kind of, uh, down south and then up in, uh, Vancouver. But the thing for me, while I travel from one place to another, like physically in my car, I almost always listen to worship unless I'm listening to a podcast as I go from one situation to another physically, but also from one situation to another in life. And, and, and worship is, is something that I really want to have in my heart. And part of that is the battle of all those lyrics that in some ways I still remember 
remember quite a few of them from way back when. But, but for me, I really love to have something in my heart that I'm sort of singing internally and sometimes out loud, even though I miss notes. But anyway, um, but, but I love that. And it's profound for me to appreciate the joy and the wonder and the power of God in the midst of, of my life and in the world that we live in. And in fact, sometimes that's the problem when we gather in worship. The fact is, when, when we you know, gather in an environment like this and, and there's some songs beforehand or whatever, a lot of times what happens is, if you don't understand it, you come in and we're like singing songs and you, I don't know why we sing, but whatever, it's probably so people can get in here whenever they sort of trickle in and it's kind of a filler until we can all sit down and listen to some guy yell at us for 30 minutes. And so we, we kind of we misunderstand what it's about. And, and the truth is, when you look at the lyrics, even some of the song selections today, it is intentional. And it's amazing when you think about those songs and those lyrics and the application to your life and to my life. And that's what leads me to this series. This series, Happy Trails, is a series based around the Psalms in the Bible. For for those of you that are newer to faith in Christ and maybe you're not super familiar with the scriptures, the fact is there's a whole book dedicated to poetic song in scripture. And it doesn't rhyme and it's not like, you know, A, B, A, B, A, B or whatever like that. But it is a whole book based around this idea that there's songs to be sung. There's something that comes from the heart that we need to be aware of. And, and these Psalms, the 150 of them in the Bible, um, all kinds of authors. Moses is one of the authors. The sons of Korah are the author of a bunch of them. Um, a guy named um, Asap was, was one. A guy named He-Man, not the master of the universe, but one, he wrote one of them. And so, anyway, um, David, King David, the second king in Israel, wrote 80 of the Psalms. So a high majority of the Psalms were written by King David, and, um, and, and real quick, again, if you're taking notes, there's kind of a breakdown there. There's a few ways to break it down, but there, there's one of the ways to break down the book of Psalms is in five books within the book of Psalms. And so book one would be Psalms 1 through 41. And I'm going to breeze through this, and they're going to see some things on the screen, but you probably won't be able to, to take it in, so bear with me. But book one is Psalms 1 through 41. And these are a lot of Psalms of David, the opening, Psalms 1 and 2. We don't have um, a title with authorship, and so we're not quite sure where those necessarily came from. But the, the others are almost entirely Psalms of David. And then book two is Psalms 42 through 72. And, and those are David mostly, but at the same time, they take on a heavier tone than the first batch of Psalms. So the, these are, are more of a lament, a complaint or whatever. And that, that's what dominates them. Book three is 73 through 89, if you're taking notes. Book three is 73 through 89. And this is a dark tone. These are some of the heavier Psalms. A while back, I kind of made a joke about, if you want to remember one of the heaviest Psalms in the Bible, it's the Jimmy Graham Psalm. He was on the Seahawks number 88. And it was this Psalm. I mean, honestly, it's one of the heaviest Psalms in scripture. And part of the reason it's so heavy is because it does not end with, and I will rejoice, or I will praise God or whatever. It just ends on this dismal note and it's over and that's it. And so in book three, um, from 73 to 89, it is a dark, dark, tone. Book four is Psalms 90 through 106. And, and, and Moses, Psalm 90, opens up this portion, or book four, and, um, and, and, and he reminds the worshiper again, and it's, it's on here that you know, God was active on, on Israel's behalf um, long before they could ever understand it. And so uh, you kind of get that theme. And then book five 
which is 107 through 150, um, are the, the, um, these psalms where we find the psalms of ascent. Um, but let me, let me just give you some other kind of topics, and I'm going to breeze through this. They're not all the same. They're not all uh, that grouping is, is lament and this grouping is praise or whatever. It, it does vary a bit. But within 150 psalms, you have laments or complaints. You have hymns of praise in there. You have hymns of thanksgiving. You have hymns that celebrate God's law. In fact, the longest chapter in the entire Bible is, is, would, would be considered one of these psalms, the psalms about the law, and it's in couplets. It's Psalm 119, and the couplets, every single one of them, when I say couplet, I mean two lines at a time. Every two lines, there's something in there that will say, you know, I, 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 I focus on your statutes or your laws or your decrees or your, your, your word, and over and over, it's this challenge for all of us to understand the value of wrapping our heads around the word of God. And so celebrating God's law. Wisdom Psalms. Uh, th- this is Psalms that, that really hearken to, and, and by the way, Psalms is one of the wisdom books in scripture, along with Job, Ecclesiastes, uh, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon. So wisdom Psalms. Songs of confidence. Psalm 23 is one of these, a, a conf- a songs of confidence that, that, that challenge and encourage us to lean into who God is as, as where we get our confidence. Royal songs, songs that celebrate not only kingship, but the kingship of our God and how good he is. So royal psalms, historical psalms, these would be ones that specifically would relate back to some of what happened as you read the first part of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the first five books, and then even within um, as you get into Kings and, and other books like that, historical Psalms. And then finally, prophetic hymns or prophetic songs. And these are ones that would relate to major prophets, things like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and even minor prophets where you and I oftentimes get lost in like, what are their names again? You know, like Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, you know, Zechariah, Zephaniah, things like that. And so um, prophetic hymns. What I want to do in this series, and we're going to get to why in a minute, but this is an overview. What we want to do in this series is specifically look at a block of Psalms from 120 to 134. And these are called Psalms of Ascent. And, and you can imagine Ascent means to raise up or to, to rise towards or whatever. So when we talk about these Psalms of Ascent, um, most scholars agree. Some would say that, that they're talking about ascending towards the temple or, or literally walking up the steps of the temple to the holier places within the temple and singing songs of praise as you literally take a step into a step into a step towards the holier places. And so some scholars would say that, but most scholars agree that these Psalms of Ascent were probably psalms that were sung on the pilgrimage journeys for the nation of Israel to Jerusalem three times a year. And a while back, I talked about how three times a year, they were required to go and celebrate God's goodness. One of them was annually at the Passover when, when, when you know, the, the, the Lord rescued Israel from Egypt and they came out and stuff. So they celebrate that one. Another one was the first fruits harvest and the, the third one was um, the, the final harvest or the, the harvest of ingathering um, in the fall. And they would celebrate these festivals by leaving their city and taking a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, once again, to celebrate God's goodness. And so these were probably sung as they traveled from wherever they were coming from to Jerusalem. 
And, and you see this, if you're taking notes, you can write down Exodus 23, verses 14 through 17. It talks about the three required pilgrimages for people to take. In fact, you might remember if you've ever read the Christmas story, once you get through Luke 1 and 2, in Luke chapter 2, it talks about as Jesus is a young, young man, about 12 years old, um, it says that his family, they were on a pilgrimage and they left to go back home and they accidentally forgot him. And two days later, they realized he wasn't there. And you and I read that and are like, did anybody call CPS? Because because they're clearly neglecting their kid. But here's where you have to understand the context. When we say pilgrimage, we literally mean it could be groupings of 50 to 100 to even up to 1,000 people at a time, all traveling together. And so what would happen is, just like kids today, they play around with their buddies and go over to their buddy's house and they come over here. And so kids would be you know, within this giant grouping, but nobody would necessarily know exactly where they were at. Can anybody relate to that besides me? You know? And so here, here you have Jesus who was back at the temple and they all are caravanning to where they were coming from and they didn't know for two days because in a ginormous group, they would have been like, I thought he was with you. Well, I thought he was with that family. Well, I thought he was in that tent over there and they weren't sure and they finally realized and went back. So when you understand the context of what was happening, it really would have been easy for them to not even see Jesus for a couple of days and it was no big deal because they were all kind of in this traveling together. So the whole kind of what I want to get to as we open this up today, and we'll talk about Psalm 120 in just a moment, is something that to me gets to the heart of the matter. And as Heather and I were talking about this message, and she's like, you know, here's something that is worth mentioning. And I actually, what I want to do is I just want to read this. And this is an author who kind of gives us a window into the value of the Psalms for you and me. It says this, there is a reason why Jesus frequently quotes from the Psalms and why the Psalms have proved a perennial favorite. They are real. They pull no punches. They tell it as it is. They scare people who wish the Bible said only things that sound pious and nice. But they also help you reconnect between the objective and subjective, between the truth about God and the truth of God, between fear and faith between failure and trust, between suffering and joy, and between hate and forgiveness. All the way through them is the theology of the cross, though the cross is in a literal sense unknown to the authors of the Psalms. And all the way through them is the theology of the resurrection, though Christ's resurrection in a literal sense was unknown to the original authors of the Psalms. They take your pain and, if you will, transcend it by means of passion the suffering of the soul in communion with God and his Messiah. The Psalms were written to help us put, fe- put our feelings in the right place. The Psalms say things that we feel, but also that we're afraid to say out loud and at church, such as the gift of all the Psalms. The Psalms of Ascent in particular are a coherent path along which we may travel to the center of God, whatever their precise historical origin, and no one knows for sure, though everyone has a theory, they are intended to help us make a pilgrimage back to God. We might start far away, even in a land of gossip and slander, but gradually, by following their path, we end up in a place where there is blessing. That doesn't mean you have to have some problem that needs fixing to enjoy the Psalms of Ascent. 
As John Bunyan realized, we are all on a journey, a pilgrimage as Christians, and these psalms are a perfect companion to a modern pilgrim's progress or to an adventure novel of traveling fiction with the motif of a journey at its heart like Lord of the Rings. When you read the Psalms of Ascent, you should think of yourself as embarking. You are starting on a journey. It says this, that's my prayer. Enjoy these Psalms. They're meant to be read and sung and digested, wrestled over, and most of all, put in your backpack and taken with you on a spiritual journey to the Father heart of God. I read all of that simply because I couldn't say it better. That for you and I, it's easy to go, I'm going to commit to the reading plan. And every year we put together the plan or we find a plan that we can read through the Bible in a year. And the plan that we're reading right now, about two, three times a week, you can read one of the Psalms in the midst of it. But the fact is, it's easy for you and I to read through them and go, that was nice or that was good or boy, this one's a long one. I can't wait to get through it. And instead of actually looking at the human condition and at the heart and what's really going on, we miss that by simply checking off the box of, well, I read what I was supposed to read today. And there's great value in the Psalms because for you and I, there's something about our human condition. The fact that you will face struggles, the fact that you will go through things, the fact that things don't always add up, the fact that God isn't always who you want him to be or he won't do what you necessarily want him to always do. And the Psalms are are Psalms that get to the heart of what's going on within every one of our human conditions. And every one of us, at one point or another, ought to be able to relate well to what's actually happening within us, within our world, and within the spiritual journey that every one of us is somewhere on. So that's where I'm going to dive in just momentarily here to Psalm 120. It's the first of the Psalms of Ascent. And it's a real short one, and some of it at first isn't going to make sense. And I'm not going to get into details necessarily, but I'm going to walk this one through just to to help you understand. And, And in the coming weeks, we'll continue to navigate it. It says this, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you? And what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue, a warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of a broom tree? Woe to me that I sojourn in in, in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. The end. And so this psalm, for, for the most, you know, most of us that, that read it go, I, I don't quite understand all of it, but let's jump in in the most simple spot, verse 1. And verse 1 to me is a real simple one. It says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And even as I said a few moments ago, there is no doubt in my mind that for every single person in this room right now, there is, is either distress happening currently, that you're going through something, or You're going to face some level of distress at some point. And he says, in my distress, think about the pilgrimage of this group of people that's traveling to Jerusalem, preparing their hearts to celebrate God's goodness in Passover or or first fruits or in gathering. That that they're on their way and they're singing these things together. They're chanting or, or, or reminding one of these words, in my distress. And it's a reminder, like I said, that will all face distress. The question becomes though, what are you, what are you doing 
with that situation? Are you living in worry and losing sleep and it's becoming a downward spiral because you can't function? You feel your chest tighten? You feel your stomach become sick because something's got you sideways and off the rails? In your distress, do you run to some relationship that in the past has provided comfort, but you know when you're thinking clearly, don't go back there, it's not a healthy thing, but you go there because that's where you find comfort temporarily? Is it that you binge eat on comfort foods and, 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 and that at least gives you a relief for a time in the midst of all the stress, I've just got to have that tub of ice cream or whatever it is? Or is it that maybe you run to a bottle or you find a sack of something and, and do things that maybe you should, what is it for you in my distress? And it's that question of what you, do you do, but the psalmist answers it, here's the right response. In my distress, I called out to the Lord. That you and I are challenged that in the midst of whatever it is you face, do you invite God in first? That Lord, here's what's going on. That God, here's what has me sideways. That here's how I feel. That here's the circumstance. Here's what I see around me and and I don't like it. And I have anxiety. I'm losing sleep. Here's what's happening In my life, I call out to the Lord, and I love that it says, and he answered me. And this is where you and I have to take by faith in those moments. God, I'm calling out to you, and there are times where the presence of God can rush in, and you feel like he's incredibly close, or a friend makes a phone call, and you're like, that was so timely, or you read a Bible verse, and it jumps out at you, and you know God is answering, no, thank you, Lord, for that moment. And other times... In my distress, I called out to the Lord, and God, I don't hear, but I'm trusting you're going to work. In my distress, I call out to you, and I don't see the answer right away, but I'm leaning in, believing that somehow you're doing something that I can't seem to figure out. So sometimes it's by faith. But the truth is, the point here is, where do you go when you face distress? It goes on, and, and, and it says this, Deliver me, Lord, from lying lips, a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you? What more shall be done to you, deceitful tongue? A warrior, sharp arrows with gro- glowing coals of the broom tree. And you read that and go, whatever. I don't know what in the world's going on. Maybe he just doesn't kind of like lying, and I guess that's, he's complaining about it. And this is actually, amazingly enough, supposed to be humor. And you wouldn't necessarily hear it, but let me say it this way. Because in pilgrimage, they're not in Jerusalem, and they don't have the safety of everybody around them being people who fear the Lord and have a sense of morality. In fact, there are nations around some of these places, some of them cities, some of them regions, where they could be taken out at any time, where an army could rise up from east or whatever and, and lay siege to where they're living, and they could begin to starve to death and be threatened with their lives and have people come in and ransack places and kill people, and they live in this environment. And there's liars all around them. So here's what he says. I don't like lying. And God, would you do me a favor? And when they try to lie, would you pierce their tongue with an arrow that causes their face to catch on fire? Great song. Let's just sing that together, right? Like, wait, what? First of all, I got to make it rhyme and I got no idea. Anyway, so, but but that's the picture. And when you look at it, that's what you would understand. They say it in a poetic way, but it's this idea of we don't like that we're surrounded by nations that constantly lie. They get people against us by lying to other people about who we are, and they want to, they want to take us out. And then he gets more specific. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. 
Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, therefore war. It's the same, but more specifically, we're living in cities, we're living in areas where people don't like us. They don't like what we stand for. They don't agree with our morality. They don't agree that our God is the Lord or that there's one God. They don't don't like any of it. And they rise up and once again, they want to take us out. We want peace. We're not against them. We don't want to destroy them, but they want to destroy us. And that's the lament of this first psalm of ascent. Now, I love that as Heather and I were kind of processing this, at one point she just out of nowhere, as I'm listening, just started laughing. I'm like, Why? what's funny? And, and she, she goes, the reason it's funny is because you read this and you go, man, they got some real problems. Like, what if we were write, to write our own psalm like this? Like we talk about, you know, oh God, this is, oh Lord, you know, I, I, in the How to Neighbor series, oh Lord, I live in a neighborhood where my neighbor parks on the lawn and I'm tired of it, oh God, you know? Like how pitiful is it? That I, I drive by and they don't wave even though I'm waving and Pastor Nick said I should wave so I wave and nobody's waving back, dear Lord. Like our psalms of lament would be kind of pitiful. And so she's talking to me about this and it is hilarious to think of like, I don't know anybody trying to shoot me with an arrow, at least not right now. That the things that we face are, are, are kind of pitiful compared to this. And yet it's that reminder for all of us that there's all kinds of ways that, that, that things don't go the way we thought. And we face all kinds of grief and, and, and loss and turmoil and circumstances that by no means are light within our own hearts. And I love that in the Psalms, you and I are invited to be honest about how we feel before God, realizing that it doesn't always match up that, that, hey, I have faith in God, and yet I'm facing all this stuff that makes me feel all this. But the Psalms are, are about you and I being honest. The Psalms are about realizing there are people that have penned down circumstances that if you really look at them, we would go, I can relate to that. I get that. And you don't have to come before God with everything together, with everything in place, with everything perfect. You can come to God as the mess that you and I are and be honest about that situation and you will find that there is a God even there that accepts us, that cares about us, that is concerned about our own human condition and our own situation. I'm going to stop there for today and I'm going to end, but I want to read a quote that, once again, Heather actually found this, and I love Philip Yancey. He's an author, got a lot of great books, but Philip Yancey describes the Psalms and and, and the different moods, and and this is worth hearing, and I'm going to make a comment, and then I'm going to pray. At a basic level, the Psalms help me reconcile what I believe about life with what I actually encounter in life. The Psalms contain the anguish journals of people who want to believe in a loving, gracious, Faithful God, while the world keeps falling apart around them. I think every one of us can relate to that. And whether it's today or it's tomorrow or it's been in our past or it's going to be in our future, that's the picture of the Psalms that my hope is when I say this today, my hope is that it sparks something in you to go, you know what? I'm going to read these Psalms. And I want to challenge all of us throughout this series to take a look over and over at the Psalms of Ascent. Psalms 120 through 134, and let the human condition come into our own hearts. Let let, let this whole situation become aware that, that this is what's going on inside of me. There's people that have voiced some of these things, and at the same time, there is a God who still cares in the midst of all that happens in my world 
and in my life personally. Father, today, God, we just kind of barely open the bags. We do an intro. We, we, we kind of give the overview. But my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we can really take a look at, at each of these Psalms. And they're not long, most of them. Psalms 120 through 134, and just begin to read and begin to try to wrap our heads around this whole kind of human condition thing. Because our faith at times is so challenging. And for us to hold on in moments where we feel completely let down or discouraged or empty or whatever, that God, as we read these words, as we reconcile our own condition, Father, I pray that this series would help deepen our faith, that wherever we travel physically on this journey to different areas of our world or where where we travel on this journey spiritually and mentally and emotionally, God, that we find ourselves leaning in to who you are. God, I pray that through this series, our faith would become deeper, that our faith would become honest within ourselves and between us and you, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.